You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive content. Hi everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Football Show right here in SM Media. I'm Scott McPike, delighted to be your host as always. But another really busy weekend of Scottish football to look back on and we'll start with, we'll start first of all with talking to Wilson about the big result of the weekend. Glenn Burnell, Stuart United 6. What a result that was. Aye, and it was uh, well deserved to be fair. Um, there was some discipline problems throughout from the opposition. Um, but at that time, it was 3-0. We started really well. Um, I told the manager, let me take charge this week, and he said, aye, OK. Um, but we started really well. We were 3-0 up quite early. Um, and then, as I say, the game got a bit towsy. There was some some red cards. But we, man- we managed to see it out and get the three points and up the road. A very difficult place to go. Very good players at Glenburn. So surprised yeah. Sky didn't show the highlights today, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Who was the referee? Who was the referee? Craig Thompson. <laughs> No, it was uh, Nicole Andrews, Charlie. It was Nicole. No, right. We also are joined by Rory Loy. Rory, how are we? Yeah, all good. Looking forward to the show. We are joined as well by Charlie Richmond. Charlie, it's a pleasure to have you back on. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks very much. Another quick invitation. (laughs) We are going to dissect all the action in the Premiership and where else to start, but Ibrox today... Rangers won, Celtic now. A Philip Hollander second half goal gave Rangers a 1-0 victory in the first Old Firm game of the season. We'll come to Rory first. Rory, did the better team win? And what was your overall thoughts in the game? Uh, my overall thoughts in the game was uh, I was quite disappointed in the the standard of the forward play. Um, generally speaking, I think you've come to expect more from the, the front line of Rangers when it comes to the decision-making in the final third than that final piece of quality, which I thought was lacking today. And you've almost come to expect it from Celtic's front guys as well over the, the, the last few weeks. And I just felt that I was a little bit, I don't know, disappointed. It got to the final third a few times and it broke down. Crosses finding the stand. Barisic had a few wavered ones. Ralston was the same. So I was disappointed in the overall standard. Did the better team win? Probably. Um, And I would probably say by one goal was probably about right. So I think on the balance of play and the standard of play, one now, you know, quite often in football, a a result doesn't reflect reflect how the game went. But on the balance of play, I I think that one nil Rangers was, was probably about right. Wilson, what was your overall thoughts in the game? Did the did Rangers deserve to win the game, Young? Yes, um, especially based on their second half performance. I mean, as Rory touched on, there was a distinct lack of quality um, throughout, but you could highlight probably over the 90 minutes an, an impact that every Rangers player had in the game. You couldn't say the same about some of the Celtic players. It's another 90 minutes old firm game where many of the bigger players have absolutely failed to turn up. And I thought that, that was the biggest difference. I see every, every Rangers player had an input in the game. There was five or six Celtic players posted missing for 90 minutes again. Charlie, what was your overall thoughts in the game? I think everybody's saying how disappointed they were because of the first one in the season where everybody looking forward to the... the, the, the 
the way that the way that they had set up to go, Celtic were going to play fast and fluent football, and Rangers were kind of going to hang on because of the the COVID issues and obviously the injury issues for there. Um, overall, I just thought it was a, a poor game, um, a poor in, in every way. Rory was talking about this, the standard of football, the finishing or the, the crossing of the balls. I thought everything was just a, it was a poor, poor game. Rory, the start of the game, obviously, we spoke a lot about the team news, how the teams would set up. Ange yep. Postacoglu's come out at the end of the game and said he regrets playing Edward. He would rather have played Furuhashi through the middle. Do you think he got his team wrong? Well, aye, they lost the game. Um, he, he got his team wrong. Um, I heard he was going to go with Furuhashi through the middle, but after listening to uh, myself and Wilson, the other night, saying that Edward should, should play through the middle, he changed his mind, so I think he's got us to blame for that, but um, no, uh, I, I mean, I, they got it they got it wrong. I mean, you could argue that Rangers, you know, were 1-0 up, sitting slightly deeper, etc, etc, the last 20 minutes, but the, there was a noted, notable, noticeable difference when Furuhashi went through the middle. They created chance after chance in that last kind of 25-minute period, 20-minute period, where Furuhashi went up front, he, you know, he, he timed his runs really well, um, and the players behind him seem to know when to deliver that pass. He plays right on the shoulder, but very rarely gets caught offside, which is quite rare. Yeah. Um, so, I I mean, they created two or three chances, and that's probably why Postacoglu says that. And I'll credit to Postacoglu for coming out and saying that, because you wouldn't normally get that type of... You know, Gerard will come out and say, you know, it's my fault, this is on me, but he won't go into the specifics of it. Um, you're, like Postacoglu, you're a fan of Postacoglu, aren't you? You're well, it's an interesting one what you said today. I don't know how Edward will take that news, either, you know, especially if he's going to be there come, come, um, you know, the end of the transfer window to come out and publicly say, I should have started Furuhashi through the middle. That's effectively saying, if you're Edward, you, you know, I, I shouldn't have played. Um, but Wilson touches on a good point, which is uh, is about the impact that Rangers player had. That Kent's getting a lot of stick. You know, Rousen, you know, kind of had him in his pocket in the first half, except that the difference is that he kept going back for the ball. Yeah. 50,000, you know, supporters, not on his back, but, you know, the frustrations, the groans, the moans. He's still winning the odd free kick. He's still impacting the game. You would much rather somebody kept doing that, when, and it shows character to do that. Abada, Christie, etc. they gave the ball away a few times. They kind of went into themselves, you know, a little bit of hide-and-seek going on. So, I can't deny his best game, but, again, it's highlighted because he keeps going back and get the ball. He might give it away more often than, than others, but at least he wants it. And as Wilson says, you know, it, it, you could probably look back at two, three, four instances in the game where he did have a positive impact on it because he, he kept trying the right things and doing the right things. So, um, aye, to answer your original question, Celtic did get it wrong. They, they lost the game. So, in an old firm, it's about winning. And if you don't win, you, then, then you've got it wrong. Wilson, Rangers come out in the second half and I think the intensity did kind of change. I think they were a lot more direct and I think they kind of cleared up the problem I saw in the first half where they were letting a lot of space go through the midfield. What did you think of Rangers' overall performance on the day? I think the first half was kind of a game of chess. You know, I think the Rangers went for it a wee bit, Celtic went for it a wee bit. I think at half time, whether Gerard has an input, I'm quite sure he does, or Gary McAllister said, this this Ange ball's a myth. You know, this doesn't exist. The, the intensity and the flamboyancy and the way Celtic are playing, it doesn't exist. Have a go back. You know, mm. be a bit more positive. Carry the ball a wee bit better. You know, and create. And, and Celtic, I think, got a bit of a fright because the first kind of, I think it started with the Barisic kind of free kick. I know it wasn't a great free kick, but 
they got the free kick, you know, after about 46 minutes. And then the Rangers just didn't kind of relent from there. You know, it was just, it was just, you know, not chance after chance. Such, but Rangers had all the ball. You know, Arriba was becoming a threat. As you say, Kent doesn't hide. He was still wanting on it. And Morales put himself about a wee bit more. And from, from then on, I mean, the whole second half, up until maybe the last 10 minutes, for me, was, was all Rangers. Yeah. Charlie, what was your overall thoughts on Kevin Clancy's performance? I thought he'd done what he had to do and he kept in the background and he let the game go and he didn't get involved in, in, in niggly fouls. And then when there was major decisions to be made, he was there. Um, an easier game, know that there ever is, but an easier old firm game for a referee. And, and Kevin missed it in one last season. So he'll be delighted to go in there uh, and come away with, they're not talking about me in the papers tomorrow. So, yeah, I thought he had a good performance. I thought he, 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 he nailed it at the right times. A lot of people were thinking Tumble was harshly cautioned. Uh, Golson comes in and plays the ball away and then he comes in and, and, and takes him for that side of things. So you could look at it for that point. Uh, again, Morelis slips, goes down, everybody's looking for a penalty for that side. So... Over the piece, yeah, I thought Kevin. I thought Kevin had a, a, a good game. Wilson, would you agree with that? No, no, I, I didn't think. Again, now I'm only having a pop at refs as I always do. Um, Charlie knows much more about it than me, but I, I don't feel Turnbull can go or do anything in that situation. So I was. Yeah, that's I was, why I'm saying people thought he was harshly cautioned. But see, I, because Golston plays the ball and then he comes in and hits him, if. Tumble had played a bit, a bit of the ball, then there's a chance for there. But I, I don't think I don't think there's any way Tumble can go when he goes. Right. Well, I mean, we're discussing a yellow card here. I mean, when it comes to referees, I, I personally, I, Wilson, you can't. Well, I'll ask you the question: Do you think he had any decisions which, which you know, had any out uh, bearing well, on the outcome of the actual game or the result? No, well, I think I think so he gave. Morales commits three booking fouls for me. So two, two of those would be yellow cards that would be off the park. Callum McGregor as well has two yellow card fouls and equally you could argue that he could have been sent off but as again, well. again... I don't, that, I don't think it impacted the game, but it's just... It's the, I mean, it's the inconsistency. Turnbull's book, McGregor's not. It's, it's inconsistent. Look, the fouls aren't any, any different for me. You know, as I say, Morales, three fouls on... Um, and it must not be Scott Brown. It must be the Celtic captain because he put three fouls in on Callum McGregor. One's off the ball and he's still not cautioned. No, I'm not saying that impacts the game. I'm just, and, and that's that's where I go on. It's the complete inconsistencies of the referee, you know. And as I say, McGregor could equally have have been booked as well, you know. So, so, uh, so in the overall control of the game, when you, because that's what you're ultimately there to do. I think he got a lot of decisions incorrect, but it didn't impact the game. Rangers were the better team and, and won the game. We've not had that. We've not had that usually because it usually referee impacts the game. Uh -huh. As Charlie says, they won't be talking about uh, Kevin Clancy in the papers tomorrow. I would. I would look at it at one thing. Now, what has the referee got to do in the ninety minutes? And my main objective would be he has to control the football match. And that might be letting a tit for tat. A Yuffed one at him, Yuffed one at him. Yuffed one at him, Yuffed one at him. That's all in the control of the game. And, and, and having a personality and having a bit of banter and taking a bit of steam out of the game. Whereas if you say, right, that's a yellow card, 
You can walk away from that game seven or eight yellow cards, but over the piece, the way he'd done it, he was in control of that game. And that's where we, we, we fall into the pattern of the consistency of it. The consistent, a guy might do a tackle in the first five minutes and then he, a, a, an opponent did the same tackle in the 85th minute. But see up until that 85th minute tackle, it's been constant, relentless, constant, relentless, and bang, that's, a, that's, a, that's control of the game. And the first five minutes, you can benefit the doubt and that's having the feel for the game and the control of the game. I'm, I'm not. I'm not disputing that. But yeah. what, what, I, what I always find with, and you'll see it in a lot of games. Just say, for example, McGregor can put in three or four tackles, fouls, Morales, Lundstrom, whoever's playing can do it, and then all of a sudden he books someone that's put, put in their first tackle because the game starts to get a wee bit towsy. Is that what you mean by controlling the game? So no, but what he's a, deemed is that as a caution. Well, that, Every foul is not a caution. McGregor's as a caution as well, surely. Worse than tumbles, in my opinion. Yeah. I just don't think that the game had any... Flashpoints. Aye, like Morelis slips. It's clear he slips. Morelis didn't even ask for the penalty. The um, Balogun one's never a penalty. I don't think he had any de big decisions to make no. where it was on, on the fence. So I think that's why... Aye, that's why he'll, he'll not be spoken about because, as, as Charlie says, there was there was very little in the way. Not in the lodge point. tonight. They'll be raising a drink to him in the lodge tonight. <laughs> the right result, <laughs> the right result came through for the establishment. That's that's what they'll be doing. Rory back to Rory back to the game at hand. Rangers obviously they've not started the season brilliant. It's even today you wouldn't say it was a great performance, but how big a result is that to kind of get the get a bit of confidence back towards them? Obviously, a big win today. That's it's gave them a bit of a boost in the league. Would you agree with that? Uh, of course. I mean, four games deep into the season, I don't think any any team in the league wants to have lost two games out of four. Never mind um, Rangers and Celtic. So the, the loser of today was always going to be in that position. So I, I think I, I think it's psychologically it's a big one because it's another game where Celtic haven't beaten Rangers. I think there was a lot of uncertainty around this fixture. I think Rangers, after the first old formal last season, approached the next three and is his favourites and, and and won the rest of the game. And I think there was an era of uncertainty. And I think even in the in the home changing room today, there would have there would have been a little bit of uncertainty about what to expect, what to expect from Celtic. You know, a little bit of nerves as to how they would approach the game. You know, having that goalkeeper and you know Robbie McCrory who turned out to do you know fantastically well. But before the game, you've all you've got that doubt in the back of your mind. So I think there was a lot of ifs and buts before the game and I think that the resilience they showed when they went 1-0 up will stand them in good stead moving forward but I also think that um, it's an old firm day and they've been beaten but they did create opportunities but I find that we said that a lot last year as well that they created opportunities and never took them Celtic but to, to answer your question it's it's a big lift for Rangers because like I said they, they've now taken 9 points out of 12 instead of 6 points out of 12 which um, I, I know it's only one more victory, but it just psychologically, as you say, it seems um, uh, feels a lot better. But I think that um, I think that Celtic will be fine this season. I think it'll be nip and tuck all the way. I don't think there'll be a lot between the two teams throughout the season. And I don't believe you know Ange Ball is a you know it's a bit of a catchphrase, it's a gimmick. So you know coming out coming away from that expression, I don't I don't believe that it's a myth though. You know, Postecoglou has a particular way of playing. You know, it didn't work today particularly well. Do you think no tactic, mean... Do you think no tactically in a game like that, it maybe had to kind of change it and 
once the second half of the game kind of did change more towards Rangers, kind of blocking the midfield a bit, I think that's when he did have to make that decision, as no, you say, maybe take Edouard made, off and balance the midfield a bit. Not, not, not really, because if you've got a philosophy, if you've got a philosophy in a way of playing, you know, see, see in the first couple of seasons where Gerard was there and he was having no success, did, did he change it? Yeah, no, he never. You, no. you, you stick with your philosophy, you stick with your principles and you believe that it'll come good because that's, you know, that's your beliefs and that's the way you want to implement a way of playing. So, um, I don't, I don't believe that his way of playing is a myth. I still seen Ralston coming in the pitch. I still mm-hmm. see they just didn't happen to execute things as well as they have done previously, and they were simply playing against a stronger team, so they're not going to have as much success. But I believe in time that his way of playing um, will, will be exciting to watch, and I, and I think, and I do think that the the league season will be very close this season. I think Celtic will be good to watch for the majority of it. Did you mm-hmm. not think as well that both sides were giving the ball away a lot? The course of the game, Aye, and that comes back to what we touched on. It was just there was a, just a poor standard all round. The, yeah, you know, the first 15 minutes you can say it's frantic, but it didn't really, it didn't really settle at all into much pattern. Um, it was you know kind of end to end in the first half, but without really any cutting edge. Clear it was thought, quite yeah. a strange game. It was very frustrating <laughs> to watch. I found. Do you think Rangers would take a wee bit more from it because they've got a weakened team and Celtic had the stronger team on paper? And Rangers have come away with a result. Um, I, I, I don't believe, other than the goalkeeper, I, I don't really think it was a weakened team. I mean, I, I would be starting Morelles, Roof, and Aribo um, today. I would have started them. I would have started with Kamara. I would have started with Davis. Holanda and Gold would be my back two. You know, Balogun at right back's the only other one really. That, I, I, I thought he had a terrific game as well, Balogun. I, 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 I don't. I don't Okay. Yeah. Don't I don't see where they were weakened other than the goalkeeper. Um, so I listen. The, the goalie. It was a great game for me. He grew into it. He had a couple of nice kind of you know come out and took the ball a couple of times, which settled his nerves, I'm sure. And then he grew into the game. But I, I don't think there was enough missing for Rangers today, pers- personnel wise, for it to be you know Rangers reserves and all no. that. I know that kind of part. It was it was far from that. It was. It was a strong team, and I would I wouldn't necessarily agree with Charlie that, that the Rangers that Celtic had a stronger team on paper. I think it was fairly even. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, since see this kind of and you you've we've all kind of heard the phrase Ange ball. Do you think it's going to work in those big games where it's going to be more frantic? It's, you're going to have a bit more opposition on the ball and things like that. And what would your kind of thoughts be? as you said, the likes of Turnbull Christie who really, again, just didn't really show in the big games where they've, obviously Turnbull last week scored the hat-trick, so we know he's, he's capable. We just the, the big games, he's, there's been something no right with Turnbull and Christie. Would you kind of go along with that? Absolutely. Um, you can add a badder into that category as well, who was absolutely anonymous today as well. And I don't think it was because of how well Barisic, etc., played him. I think he was just really, really poor. Um, he couldn't go on the ball. He wasn't really running off the ball, as, as from what I've seen. But t- touching on the, the Ange ball, as, as, as it's now kind of well phrased, I, I messaged in our chat after 10 minutes, you know, because obviously I listen to Rory and BBC Scotland frequently. Um, but <laughs> if if this is the Ange ball as such, that's taking six goals off Dundee, St Murn, and for 45 minutes, whatever it was, last week dominating Hearts, I failed to see what was any different from a new Lennon team apart from you know it was played at a wee bit higher tempo I've got the same feeling now as I had when Goldson scored the two hitters at the first old fun game last year Celtic are absolutely nowhere near Rangers 
And if you're buying, do you think psychologically? Like, are you saying that from a psychological point of view, or are you thinking? I'm, I'm, I'm saying that. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at that one to eleven today, right? And I'm saying, who was the best goalkeeper on the pitch? You know, that was that's possibly a toss-up because I don't remember Joe Hart having any outstanding saves. I, I think as we've debated, he could have done better at the goal. He's got a hand to it at least. Um, McCrory's had one save to make and he's made it. Now, if that was McGregor, it would have been a comfortable save. Who was the best right back in the pitch today? Well, it was Balogun. Who were the best two centre-halves today in the pitch? Golson, Hollander. Who was the best left back today? It was Barisic. Who was the best centre midfielder? Probably Davis. Then possibly Aribo. Then maybe Cal McGregor. Who was the best in the front three? Rangers front three. So I don't buy into this. This is a, a long-term project because Celtic fans are not going to give this guy time. You know, I don't agree. I don't agree that Rangers front three were better than Celtic front three. Well, I think it was much well, of a muchness, to be honest. I think for, I, I, I don't. I don't think there was much, there was much between them. But then the day, whether it's Hollander that scores or somebody else that scores, Rangers front three have got a win bonus and three points. You know, and yeah, Parashi, Parashi yeah. looked good when he went through the middle. He's yes. missed that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, and then and, and the goal of Ryan Christie to be skimming for that cutback because he would have missed that because that's another old firm game where he's not kicked his own ass. And for his, for him thinking he's heading to the Premiership, he should be heading to the Lowland Colts team because that the performances that he puts in in old firm games, that's the level he's at. And Turnbull's another one. And now I always listen to off the ball on the radio and Tam Cowan was saying this guy Turnbull's destined for the top. Aye, you scored a couple of goals or whatever against St. Mundan, D. Livingston, Kilmarnock, but another old firm game and he is completely and utterly anonymous. And that's my worry for the Scotland games coming up this week. If we've got to put a midfield of Ryan Christie and David Turnbull in there, but we'll not be going to any World Cups this year. If that's the standard performance that these two Scottish midfielders are going to put in in a big game, do you think Wilson? Do you think Wilson? I know Morelles struggled in a lot of old firms that performed in Europe. Do you think when it comes to the European games that Christian Turnbull will fare better, or do you think it's just the old firm occasion, or do you think it's just a bigger game? Well, what you've got to look at, I think, with Morales is Christian that have scored goals against Jablonek and, and these other teams. To be fair to Morales, he was scoring goals against Benfica and, you know... That's what big, I'm saying. No, no, that's what I'm saying. So teams. He couldn't do it against Celtic for a long spell. So do you think Christie and... Um, Christie and... Turnbull. Uh, Turnbull will, will produce in Europe this season for Celtic if they're still there? I, I, I fear for Celtic in that European group, to be honest. And as I say, I, I think... And Charlie touched on the... You touched on the point of it, Ken. Morales never went hiding against Celtic. I he missed some incredible chances, you know, especially in the League Cup final one year. I remember Greg Gordon had the game of his life at Parkhead one year and he made three or four saves from him. But as I say, Morales never went hiding. Ryan Christie and David Turnbull are hiding in all firm games because they're not they're not giving Celtic absolutely anything. Now, I didn't think why, why do you think that is though? Why? Because they're clearly they're good enough. They're possibly playing against better players. You know, um, and Aribo and Davis, etc. But as I say, I don't know if, it, if it's a position. Again, you can look into is Ryan Christie going to be here in two or three days? You know, is it's, it's something lined up? But there's definitely, it could be psychological or it could be, I'm actually not as good as I think. You know, so, and I'm saying I'm playing against better players, so I'll be hiding. But it's even I'm up against, no disrespect, the St. Mons and Livingston this world, then, 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 then I'll do better. Do you think you get more time on the ball in Europe, though? And it, it gives you that time to think, whereas in an old firm game, 
you're not getting time on the ball, you're just getting closed right down. And you know what it say, if you win your small battles, you effectively win the fight overall. Some of the Charlie, these are five yard passes, ten yard passes for centre midfielders. I think yeah. there's time zone. I think there's time zone in a game like that where you watch Christie and Turnbull and you think either good players, but they're not gonna they don't put the fear into you kind of thing. That they don't you don't think ah, they're gonna do something really big here and gonna change this game. I don't know why I don't know why, but you get that feeling with the likes of as you say, McGregor. I thought McGregor first half was terrific. I thought he was controlling a lot of the tempo for Celtic. I think he used Furahashi as an outball a lot in the first half. Mm-hmm. I think with Furahashi as well, as you can see, as, as going back to this Angeball thing, you can see the idea of what they're trying to do, but I think it's going to be against the likes of Rangers, maybe even like Hibs and a Hearts, where, maybe not a Hearts, but like our Rangers and a Hibs, where they're going to be challenged in the midfield. They're going to get that. Pos- I know Celtic had a lot of the possession, but you see today Celtic had a lot of the ball in the first half. And once the second half, can our Rangers get a lot more on the ball, and I don't think Celtic knew how to cope with it. Rory, what would you kind of th- think of that? Because that's the kind of takeaway I had for the game. When Rangers came out in the second half, you could just see there was a bit of a difference with how Celtic reacted when they were getting challenged a bit in the ball. Well, uh, I mean, and yeah, and the one, I possibly, but you know, we're sitting saying, you know, that the, the Turnbull and Christie looked off it. They gave the ball away a lot, etc., um, etc. Et so. I don't. I don't think that Celtic controlled the midfield in the first half. I thought Callum McGregor showed a lot, a lot more. There was a lot more space. I think there was. They were allowed a lot more space, and you could see McGregor kind of controlling the way that every everything was kind of falling for McGregor. But in the second I, half, that think, changed. But do you not know, think that was doing to Rangers' tactics to yeah, sit probably, back a wee bit and say, right, was, have but... the ball, and and bring your players out who can defend splitting passes. Maybe so, but I I don't think rain. I don't think there was a large portion of the game in the second half where I think I think Celtic's tactics a, changed. I just I, think I, I think I think there's a there's a little bit gets lost as to where Celtic are actually at. I think I, you know, I think that as well. Yeah, the, the, I think the they two, were I, I think they were put on the not the talking in the part, but, but there was a lot of press about how Celtic were much to a much higher stage. We need to remember three weeks ago. Celtic were getting beat off hearts and things like that, and we were a lot of yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but two, two, two weeks ago, Rangers get beat off Dundee United. No, I know but um, what I'm saying is what I'm saying is like three weeks ago, you were thinking this is going to be the same as last season for a Celtic point of view. And well, I don't know if, we don't, if, you'd, if you'd said that if you'd said in the first game of the season this year, Celtic will go into Ibrox's favourites, you wouldn't have believed it. I don't think Celtic were favourites today. I don't know, but I think a lot of Celtic fans thought that, is what I'm trying to say. I think a lot of Celtic fans are a lot I I don't know if you can speak for the masses when it comes to that type of thing. I think a lot of level-headed Celtic fans would have been quietly confident they could come away with a result. Whether that result is a draw or a win, I'm not quite sure, but what I would say is that, you know, this... I mean, Ange Ball is it's just his way of playing. It's his tactics, it's his philosophy. That's what it is. Do you think he's Um, going to get, as well, to say the long-term... Thing because we know this is a project, we know this is yeah, but so go, going, going back to be a your, one season, yeah. But going, going back to what you were saying a minute ago about you know, they did beat St. Mun 6 0, they, they didn't do that last season, they could beat 2 1 at Mun at Parkhead, they, they beat um Dundee 6 0, they struggled to beat teams last season, Ross mm-hmm. County beat them at home last season, so there's a marked improvement, there's a marked difference. Oh, no, there's a marked I improvement, but there, I, understand these, I understand that these teams aren't you know at the top of the league pushing. I watched with my own eyes them play some fantastic football and implement a way of playing that 
um, that, that Celtic haven't done for you know a year or so. So you know, I don't think Celtic fans were going into it thinking you know we're going to blow Rangers away. We are favourites here. You know, I, I don't think there was that from the masses. There would have been that mindset, but I think they would have been approaching it, going, "We have a chance of getting a result here." Um, but I think it would have been measured. Um, and I think that Rangers would have probably approached the game with a bit of apprehension, um, given their start to the season. But yeah. I, I genuinely don't think there is a lot between the two sides. And I know Wilson thinks that, that Rangers will, will canter the league now. I don't believe that, but time will tell who's right on that one. Because what I'm trying to say is, and I think this is where I kind of want to bring Wilson back in, I can agree with Wilson's point about what they can, it was similar than last season. Rangers, I thought Celtic were played just as this pretty much the same as they did in the first Old Firm game at Ibrox last year, where they were a lot better on the ball, created more chances. I just think is I just think the day I think the, the back four, you can see the back four are very, very on the on the ball, their distribution just isn't good. I'm not saying Rangers was brilliant either, but you look at how many times did Hart kick the ball away? I don't think Hart's good with the ball at his feet. I'm kinda of confused at the signing if they're if Ange ball is playing with a goalkeeper who's really good with the ball at his feet. I don't think Joe Hart's equipped for that. That was my thoughts. I thought today, I said, Joe Hart, probably a good shot stopper. Definitely a good shot stopper. We don't need to go through his record, but with the ball at his feet, if I, I was nervous watching him at times, just with the ball at his feet. Celtic could have went out and got any goalkeeper because he's better than the other two. And that's the thing. You know, but, so, and, and Joe Hart, is experience, that, is that et problem, now, is that... to, to, to be honest, there's very, very few goalkeepers, I think, that can play you know, this way with two guys in the six-shard box and be great distribution of the ball at the feet. I don't think there's that many goalkeepers that, that can play that game, um, especially that come and play in Scotland, to be honest. In terms of Joe Hart, you know, I, I think it's a, a good signing because of how bad the other two are. But I, I agree, the back four is, for, for a team like Celtic, is very, very poor. And it's going to probably cost them the league again. Uh, I, I don't see any way back psychologically or otherwise um, because now and it has happened of course done you I beat Rangers but Celtic are now it's kind of advantage Rangers that Celtic need to go and win an old firm game which I can't see based on today's performance and personnel so unless there's maybe two or three coming in that we don't know about in the next few days and then come January there's maybe another kind of spending spree but if Celtic are going to continue with that back four then as I said in the very first show of the season, they'll be lucky if they finish second. Rory, is that Odson Edwards' last game in a Celtic shot? I don't know. It's, it's difficult and we don't know, do we? I mean, you know, you're the man with the updates on the transfers and things like that in terms of, you know, the, the kind of latest news and things, but I would have no way of telling. I don't think you can tell if somebody's last game or not based on performance. Barisic was maybe more of a tell at the end. He's quite emotional. He's kind of mm -hmm. waving at the crowd. He's on his yeah. knees. So that's more of a tell. But is somebody going to bid money for Edward and is he going to leave? Do you think, today, do you think today Odds and Edward, do you think today was one of Odds and Edward's most poorest performance in an old firm game? Because I genuinely don't, I don't think he'd have, no, I had four last year that it was worse. I just, I don't, think I just he, don't think he's, he's, he's highlighted today the because he's missed a sitter from two yards. I don't think it's highlighted. Just that. I don't think there was any... last year. Last year he was worse in the four games last year than it was today. But he was but trying to get involved. At least, at least he ran today. At least he sprinted a couple of times. The last four games last year he did absolutely nothing. I don't remember him having a single note while they touched in the game. I'll be honest. I just don't think he had a good game at all, and I think it's shown that. 
He doesn't want to be there. I mean, there's there's no, and I've said this about his body language for the last three months. He doesn't want to be there. And I, I would be surprised, even if he is there, that, you know, Posta Coglu is going to play him, going to start him. So he could eventually be on the bench or in the kind of 20 minutes here and there, unless he's required until January, and then sign a pre-contract with someone else and get him out of the door. Because it, there's no point in trying to keep playing. Yeah, he's a fantastic player, as, he, as he's proved over, not the last season and a wee bit. Um, but he was a top goal scorer last season, playing, as you Disney say, playing with himself. Disney might be there, get him out, stick him with the reserves, have him in training at six o'clock in the morning, you know, piss him off because he is offering you absolutely nothing. He's a man down. How long is he left in his contract? Uh, once he, I think he's out of contract. This 18, uh, 18 months, so he can sign for someone in January for free. Do you think Celtic are having difficulty in getting rid of him? And trying to get, to get him out the, the door? Too high. I think the price tag's possibly too high. Do you not think though it's bad that it's maybe it's bad that, that this has been f- to fester within a year. You're kind of prize asset, but it's bad business. Absol- absolutely. I mean, if, if you're to believe the rumours, then, you know, he was promised a move. It's a wee bit the same as I. They were promised a move after nine in a row and then kind of begged to stay, let's go for 10. And then they weren't, the, you know, I, I forced his move to be fair eventually. I think it's the same with Edward. But I'm, I'm looking, if I'm Graham Potter, or Rafa Benitez or any of these guys that have been linked with Edward, I'm watching that the day and going, we've dodged a bullet there. Because I don't think you can sign a striker based on his form 18 months ago. But do you know what would, be, I, would frustrate me about Edward? I think if he went to a, a Brighton or an Everton in the next few days, he's, he would completely change. I think change he would, his, attitude. his attitude would totally change because he's got what he wanted. And that's I what frustrates me. I don't know if I buy into that. We're not... We're not sitting here questioning David Turnbull's attitude. We're saying he had a poor game and he's he's not really turned up. No, but it's, it's what you've seen over the past year. It's the same thing. You've just said he was top goal scorer last year. Exactly. Does that not prove though? Just he's playing with himself. Generals. What would what would he be if he what would he be if he was shown twenty five percent more intensity? I agree with you. I, I don't I don't I don't agree with that I don't I don't and I couldn't agree more I couldn't disagree more with the whole put him in the reserves and let him <laughs> rot. No, I don't think you do that. But you, it's, you... it's 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 not going to. It's he's giving you absolutely nothing, and he's turning up to an old firm game and not giving a shit about his performance or his teammates or the fans. Right. I don't I don't agree with any of that. That's just my opinion though, um, and I, and I don't think from any perspective, business, football, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know, being a decent person, treating somebody like that is, is, is the way to go in any situation. I, I don't believe in that. I've seen it happen. It's no nice. Um, and I've seen what it can do to people and I, I just don't agree with that approach. Um, but the problem they've got is, you know, you know, you're saying get rid of him. Somebody's only worth what somebody's willing to pay for thee. And yeah. nobody's willing at the moment yeah. to pay for him. But, but you lose, but you, you sign him for nine million and potentially I lose just him pick him in the stuffs and get rid of him. Just pass oh, him off. But how's that going to get rid of him? He's going to sign for somebody else in January for nothing anyway. So don't don't have him as part of your squad because he's cheating the fans. He's not. He's that. You cannot tell me that Austin Edward was trying today. You, you, no one's going to convince I, me of that. But I'm not. I'm not here to try and convince you. I'm here to give my opinion, and my opinion is that he was trying, and that he's maybe no. Over the last year, he's been part of a team which hasn't been particularly successful. Is that the same was Edward? Is However, that... in that team, he still managed to finish the. The, the, the highest scorer in the country. Charlie would finish top scorer on that team with the chances they create. Thanks. 
It does not it's not it's no it's not relevant to whether he's trying or not. If he wasn't trying, he wouldn't be able to score these goals last year. I'm not saying he's the Odson Edward we were seeing 18 months ago, but no. I don't believe that Ange Postacoglu, especially the way he comes across and the way he holds and handles himself, would pick the guy if he wasn't trying. I don't I don't believe that. But he basically said Do you think that he's least, trying too hard in the game and said that? He said that what? he said if he, he said if Forrest if Forrest was fat, he wouldn't have played Edward. So yes, but he's still nobody there. No, yeah, does he though? Does he, he have a yes, striking option? If you believe someone's not trying, you don't pick them. A Yeti. Yeah. You don't I'll pick be in a Yeti. The not there. Pikey, if somebody's not trying, you don't pick them. Pick them. So, Postacoglu's seen enough from Edward during the week, whenever it may be, to pick the guy. See if he wasn't trying. You would go with anybody else. I'd, I just, listen, it's a difference of opinion. Nobody's right or wrong. We, we never actually know. Um, you know, it's just, it's just my opinion that I believe that he, you know, he wants to be there. Yes, he, he wasn't particularly effective today, but we're no lambasting Turnbull and Christie by saying they should be playing in the reserves and you know and they should be you know treated like muck and just sent away and this and that. I'm not advocating you know, that. If you're, it, if you're a striker and you're not getting service, it's very difficult to try and manufacture the chances or, or the, the way to go yourself. And and sometimes when Celtic, even though they weren't playing good, they were still creating chances for Edward to, to knock in a couple of goals. And today, they didn't create the chances for him. And that's why sometimes, as a striker, your confidence and your head goes down and your body language. And then, probably the worst thing you can do is try too hard to try and do everything. And I think if he batters in a couple of goals... And, and gets a performance, you could potentially see him going right back up to where he was again. I think but he has scored a couple of goals this season. But what, what I'm saying is now, again, we've said he's 18 months ago, he was a great player, blah, blah, blah. But I, I can't, I'm not watching that old fun game and looking at him going, right, I'm a striker, it's not coming off me. I might try and go a wee bit deeper, try and go on the ball, try and do some constructive and work hard. He did not do that today. He did not. If he's if he's not getting the service, it's the shrug of the shoulders, and it's not no my fault. And I, I, I think that's unacceptable. See, see, see if you go back to the odds on Edward of you know eighteen months ago, uh, he 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 shows moments of brilliance and quality and things. I think if you were to go back, you you're watching for these things. Whereas eighteen months ago, he would still hold his body shape the same. He would yeah. still run the same. He would still be the same. But he was the just things in better, are not coming off. He was the just things... in better. He was in better form then. But uh -huh. these things are forgivable, you know. He's very much a Berbatov character, where you know he's not gonna, he's not the type of player who who's gonna run about mental and that's not his game. That's not how he plays. And I don't, and I believe that it's very easy to to put that to Edward just because things aren't going well for him. I so do you think that then, Rory? Then do you think this Ange ball tempo of play might not suit Edward? I think he's struggling for form. Uh -huh. I think. Struggling for form, and he has been for a wee while now. It might be, you know, outside factors. It might be transfer speculation. It might be wanting a move is affecting him because mm -hmm. that can affect you if you're mm -hmm. wanting out or you feel that maybe a bid's coming. There's a lot of chat. You're hearing all this. That can affect your performance. He, the guy's human, mm -hmm. so these things can affect you. How you think, how you behave. Maybe not even consciously. He maybe doesn't think it is, but it can affect you. Okay. And I just think it's very. It's the easiest thing in the world to go. He's not trying. Nobody's ever had a bad game for the stand. Right. But when you're, <laughs> out of, when you're out of form and having a shocker, how do you get out of that? You work hard. He doesn't do that. 
he maybe be working on uh, up at Leonardstown. He might be putting in shift after shift after shift at the training session. But the the big thing at Celtic of got is who's the other strikers to come that's in. That's what I'm trying. That's what I was getting at. That's I, what I'm but if if the fact of the matter is he's not trying, then a Yeti would play before him. That's just my again. That's my opinion. Of that might be wrong. Be, yeah. Even on is probably better than a Yeti. <laughs> Or the gamble well, playing. I, I wouldn't imagine Lee Griffiths is any sort of match fitness at the moment. So that tells you the troubles actually run deeper than Odson Edward. I do. I do take a point though, Wilson, about if things aren't coming off for you. You know, maybe you need to look at working a wee bit harder or doing things that you wouldn't normally do to try and you know contribute. So mm-hmm. I, I don't disagree with that part. To be fair, but you're maybe asking a guy to do something that he's he's no. I don't know. Knowing his natural makeup. Right, let's move on to the other games in the league. We'll do these. We'll basically go through the five results, and we'll ask everybody for the result of the weekend in the Premiership. The D United now Hearts two Boyce and Nanjali with the the two goals for Hearts to send them to joint top of the league with Hibs. Nasbitt and Boyle scored two for Hibs as they won two 0 against Livingston. Martin Boyle with four goals in four league games so far. Motherwell one, Dundee now. Motherwell's Tony Walker at the goal. Today, Aberdeen won, Ross County won. Uh, Charles Cook gave Ross County the league before Ramirez equalised, and it was nil-nil between St Mirren and St Johnson. Wilson, what was your result of the weekend in the Premiership? Did I get a perfect score for St Mirren St Johnson? I think you did. I think, I you think did. I did. I, I, think, you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, and I'm, as I say, as much as I hate this, I'm going to praise my colleague, Rory. He, he put on the kind of discussion group earlier on about what a shocker Stephen Glass is having. So I don't think that's a great result for Aberdeen today. Um, again, you know, as I say, I did buy them to get beat in Europe um, through the week as well. Um, and again, if you're looking for that, I think second spot, third spot in the league, home draws at Ross County is not, not acceptable. And again, I know when we've touched on this, they could play, not used to playing games, etc. Uh, midweek Europe, etc. has an effect. So I think you maybe. I would maybe give Malky Mackay a wee bit of praise because they've been in an absolute rut. They got absolutely horsed last week from Rangers um, as well. So I think that's a Malky Mackay and Ross County. I think that's a decent point for them. But poor result for Aberdeen and Stephen Glass. Rory, what was your result of the weekend in the Premiership? Minus so far? Um, I would say Hearts are a bit yeah. Um They're going well. Um, so they are. Dundee United with their tails up. A couple of good wins sitting on six points after three games. So I think everyone's seen that one. I think the, the predictor suggested that we all thought that would be a tight one as well. But by all intents and purposes, I, I think it was, you know, the, a 2-0 was a, a fair reflection on the game. So I think that they're, they're setting down a marker early doors, Hearts. And um, I, I'm looking forward to the first Edinburgh Derby of the season. I'll tell you that in a couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, it's two weeks, to, two weeks yeah. today, yeah. Charlie, what was your results in the... Scottish Premiership. Yeah, I thought Hearts as well going away to Dundee United. Um, for everything that Rory said with regards to there, and obviously the manner in which they've played as well, albeit uh, Craig Gordon has kept them in the game yeah. in important times with some decent saves and stuff like that. But it seems to be that Robbie Nielsen's got this: you go, you go, and you go, and you go to the ninety plus one, two, three, four minutes, and obviously they picked up the second goal in about the 90th minute for there. And and the goals are coming from different players. They're not just relying on boys um, for there. So it's interesting as well, just a bit of a side note, Robbie Nielsen's kind of notorious. Uh, I know he didn't have a great time at MK Dons, but generally speaking up here, he's been extremely successful. He's yeah. notorious for longer sessions 
doing the afternoon sessions, whether that's yeah. you know, uh, yeah. you know, in the in the building, looking at things, or when it's outside, and it's something that I feel quite strongly about. I think footballers finishing at one o'clock every day is a farce. You know, there, there, there's another four hours in the day where surely you can get something. It doesn't need to be out in the pitch, and it doesn't need to be strenuous. Surely, you know, at that it's amount of time, that, yeah. just just in general, there must be something you can do that's going to have a positive impact come a Saturday. There's there's almost a a culture in football where you expect to finish at that time, and it's like, oh, you know, the game after Mora and all that part. If you're in past half past one, I just think that um, Robbie Nielsen is is probably found a little niche there where he's getting buy in from his players who, and it works. And I think more more managers should adopt the strategy of trying to get more out of their players. Jack Ross is like that as well. Jack Ross is like that as well. He's yeah. getting them in. And that's why the, the, the training centre, the canteen, you get in and get your lunch and then you're back out. And as you say, it doesn't need to be 15 laps around the, the pitch. It can be other things, working on right. defensive set pieces or working on attacking set pieces where you're no doing a lot of strenuous running or movement. You're just right. dealing it for there, yeah. Even a couple of afternoons a week, I, I genuinely believe, yeah. don't get me wrong, the guys usually do their fitness on a Tuesday in the gym or whatever else, but on a Monday and a Thursday, I ain't afraid to finish early. I had a Friday get, get the squad going for a coffee or whatever else, but, you know, team bonding. But on a Monday and a Thursday, there's so much time in the afternoon that could be used. And, and Robbie Nielsen, from what I've heard, eh, makes good use of that time. I think there'll be a lot of professional footballers at Rory's door tomorrow morning after training <laughs> at 12 o'clock. I've always felt that way, to be fair. I've always felt that way, to be fair. I mean, Charlie might remember as well, but I think it was Paul Sturrell that introduced kind of that type of thing at St. Johnson. He had them in like nine till five every yeah. day to show yeah. like the working week. And he did, look, they played volleyball one afternoon. They went to a spin class or they did double because, sessions and all that. And it was to get them into this, you know, this is what normal people do, such nine till yeah, five. Yeah, because Paul Sturrock went down to Plymouth and, and, he, Plymouth. and he got that idea all that from idea, there. And, for that. and that may be where uh, Nielsen's picked it up for MK Dons or something. Maybe he's had it in the past, but in England, no, he did. He did it. He did it with Hearts in the Championship before he went there. Right. So in England, they seem to do that all the time. It's no finishing at one o'clock or whatever the case. A lot of teams are in for whatever the case may be in the afternoon, rather than up you go up the road and away to the to whatever the case may be. Snooker <laughs> or whatever, aye, yeah, for there. We'll talk about more. So did I. <laughs> I, thought I, I used to go to the. It's funny you say that, Wilson. I used to do that as an apprentice at Command. I used to go up to what's, what's the name of Snooker Hall back there? The Pyramid. Pyramid. No, no. It was up above the hairdressers. Oh, it was above uh, the puggies. It was above the cabaret. Uh, I can't remember. It was it was up, Street. Conway's hairdressers, Craig. Conway's aye, hairdressers. It's up, up the stairs. The Pyramids, is that what it was called? No, the Pyramid, oh, the pyramid was, was, was away the train station. Aye, if anyone knows the name of that club, please send it into the, the <laughs> channel in the comments section. Aye. We are going to look at the championship. We'll just go through these quickly. Dunfermline now are both three. Kilmarnock now, Inverness one. Partick three, Morton now. Queen of the South one, Hamilton two. Wilson, let's start at the top of the table clash. Kilmarnock now, Inverness one. What's your thoughts? Well, again, I don't think it's a great result. Um I say my, my mother took my, my kids yesterday because I was otherwise busy and I won't read out what her, her analysis was but she did say it was very poor. That was her first time back in Rugby Park for a couple of years um, and she said it was it was pretty hard going. By all accounts and social media and highlights and whatnot um, I've seen, I think 
uh, a lesser man with Inverness kicked us off the park. Um, but speaking to a couple of guys in the know, they said it was kind of job done for Inverness. They broke up Kelly's kind of style of play. You know, we're physical, get men behind the ball and probably followed their game plan to a T. So maybe go credit to Inverness. But as I said, I did, I did hear from several people last night that Kelly were really, really poor. Um, Bobby Wright being one of them. He was quite honest in his interview. I, 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 well, I always think you can tell by his face, not even what he says, but you can see, you know, how, how irate he was. Um, and it is, of course, it's a worry. Um, you know, first things first, if you want to win a league and get promoted or whatever, you've got to win your home games, and especially against your closest rivals. Um, but again, not not too many positives from Rugby Park yesterday, unfortunately. My result of the day in that league, you know, I'm again, gross. I listened to the expert analysis at East End Park. Just about to say, Chris, open Chris all Tamara mates. would have been jealous with that. Um, so I'll go for Partick's home one at Morton then. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin, Gavin is at Fahill. <laughs> um, so no, I'm saying, look, Glory's more to talking probably resulted in everyone probably thinks it was the best result in the first division yesterday. Yeah, definitely, Glory. Did Phil and Alla three you were there? Give us a thoughts. That's a massive result for that Campbell again. Aye, I mean, it's it's difficult. Uh, I've been there in that division. You're the full-time team. You're at home to the part-time team. There's an expectancy that you win the game. Um, otherwise, you're going to get that. Or oh, they're part-time. And, um, you know, the Arbroath fans were, were letting the, the Dunfermline fans know that they were part-time. They actually made some some noise, some racket, the Arbroath fans. It was it was a good atmosphere. Um, they lined up 4-5-1. Dunfermline were I don't know. I mean, I watched them against Rangers and then the first 15 minutes against Wraith before the lights went out and they were trying to adopt this, you know, this style of play, this kind of, you know, the, getting the centre-backs on the ball and getting their wide men out wide and coming in and all that. And it just went out the window on Saturday. I don't know if they were just desperate to get the three points, but it was it was just long ball after long ball. And then when they did try and play a little bit more in the second half, they just couldn't get through our growth. The, th- the biggest thing I couldn't believe was they had a lad up front, Joel Nubley, his name was, Arbroath. Big lad. He was unbelievable. Like, unbelievably good. So he's a big boy, and I'm thinking, right, big lad in, in that division, typically can't really move much. You know, a kind of Christian Naddy type where he bullies people about, but the ball needs to be to his feet or because he, he doesn't move to get it otherwise. But he, after about five or six minutes, he flicks the ball over the centre-back's head with a lovely touch. Um, showed some really nice flashes. He was quick. His quality was good. He got a couple of assists. The guy was frighteningly good. And then to hear David Martindale after the Livingston game complain about all his injuries and all his you know sicknesses and you know kind of every excuse under the sun when it comes to players missing. And then to hear that Nubley's on loan from Livingston, mm-hmm. I was thinking, wow, mm-hmm. like he was he was he easily comfortably could play in that league. Um, but overall. Um, are both well, well worthy winners. Um, but uh, it was an interesting debut on open all Mike said three disallowed goals and I kept interrupting people much to their annoyance. But hey, we go again. These <laughs> 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 late late linesman's flag, they take about 10 minutes to put them up. I know. No, oh, it's a, it's this wait and see now, Malarkey. Charlie, what was your result of the weekend in the championship? Yeah, it's very difficult to disagree with Arbroath because of where they are, but Hamilton can do to them freeze. And obviously getting a result to kind of stem the, the flow of, of negativity around about that, plus also a new manager in. Is it the new manager bounce from that point of view? Hamilton then rise up to fifth from uh, effectively ninth 
albeit games are off and, and so forth. But uh, no, difficult to, to not go with a broth. Uh, and Dick Campbell is an absolute character. And also it heaps pressure on uh, Peter Grant straight away mm-hmm. after, um, what they said, three games and, and sitting at the bottom with one point. And probably as Rory obviously been there, no playing, no playing well, no devoid or devoid of ideas or devoid of tactics, etc. etc. Yeah. Two home games. It's quite funny, sorry, sorry, just on that. I, I spoke to a number of people and we had a great debate on here, I'm sure, one night about the massive differences uh, between a coach and a manager. And from loads of people I've spoke to, Regale Peter Grant is one of the best coaches in British football, probably. But then, as a manager, he seems, I, mean, I know it's lower league teams, Ireland and Fellin, but he seems to have a shocker, you know. But in terms of, I've heard he's a very, very highly regarded coach, but maybe just not a manager. Maybe he's trying. Because that's, that's a terrible result. He's under major pressure. Well, Wilson, that's them. That, the last home game, remember, they beat 3 0 at home to Partick. They've, they've played two home games this year. Yeah, that's they've right. They've conceded six and scored none. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. But maybe he's, he's trying to. Trying to influence, you know what it's like. Oh, my system, my thing, and it takes the players a bit of time to get well, that's, into that's how he wants to. That's kind of what I was saying. Like, they, they, they didn't have a way of playing or a system. No. See if you're getting beat 3 0, but you can see we flashes, then you're going right. This might take time. New manager, five, six new players, right? We'll stick with it. But the, the, their actual identity looked so so different to what he was trying to incorporate, change their system to a, to a four at the back. And I, they just. It was quite strange. I was expecting Aye, to uh-huh. turn up and see them try at least trying to play a certain way, but it was very laboured. It was very slow. And our broth, where uh, I was speaking to Nicky Lowe before the game, he used to play with Nicky. He's, he's a good lad, got a wonderful left foot. Mm. Um, and he was saying that they just rat about in the middle of the pitch, and then when they get the ball, they've actually got good players technically, and they do have. You know, boys, Craig and I played with um, at, at Falkirk as well. Him, Nicky as well, I played with Dundee. They've got boys who can play. Um, and I tell you what, the hunting packs to win it back, and they certainly did that on Saturday, and they were well worthy of 3 0 winners. Definitely. We'll move into League One. We will touch on the four results in there Clyde 2, Cove Rangers 1, East 5 3, Peterhead 0, Falkirk 0, Queen's Park 1, Montrose 1, Dumbarton 2. Rory, give us your result of the weekend <laughs> in League One. <laughs> well, I tipped, um, I tipped Clyde to win. Uh, three nothing, um, and and Wilson quite rightly pointed out that whilst Clyde aren't the strongest, if you've got David Goodwillie on your side, then you've always got a chance. However, I'm actually going to go with the Queen's Park. Um, um, probably boring people now saying this, but again, that league will come down to, um, you know, games against each other. When it yeah. comes to, I, I do believe Cove will come good. When it comes to games against Cove, Queen's Park, Falkirk, it'll be the head to heads which made the side that because I think they'll probably win the majority against the others. So for Queen's Park to go to Falkirk and win one now, I think um I think that's a big, big win for them. Yeah, definitely. Well, what was your result in League One? Um I, I think you've got to look at Queen's Park. You know, Falkirk will be one of the near challengers. Um, so to go away there um, and win. Not really surprised that if Peter had result, how comfortable it was, right enough for maybe a bit of a shock. But no, I'll stick with Queen's Park there beating Falkirk. So I could back Falkirk to win 2-1. Brilliant. <laughs> Charlie, who was your result in League One? I'm going for Dumbarton. Dumbarton away to Montrose. We were praising that Stuart one. Pe- that one. I've got one right the full weekend, but that was one of them. Was oh, it? Very good. <laughs> ah, that's because you tapped Celtic and all right, I know. Sorry, Charlie. We, we were on here last week praising about Stuart Petrie and Montrose doing well, sitting second top. 
and then I think it, before kickoff, Dumbarton were either eight or ninth, um, and mm -hmm. their way, and and they seem to have done it in merit. And it's not just like a smash and grab type of thing. Reading the reports for there, uh, obviously Stevie Farrell will be will be delighted. It'll take a bit of pressure off of him as well. Um, moving for Fiston to Dumbarton, I don't think. Um, or some of the Dumbarton fans weren't they kind of enamelled with it but there you go and now you're looking for them to kick on and and and, and it's always easy maybe know the wrong thing to, the wrong thing to say it's always easy to get a one-off result it's trying to get that two and three and four runs of games where you can just in particular at the moment two or three wins can take you from ninth to second and uh, whereas at Christmas time, two or three would only maybe move you one or two places. Yeah, definitely. And has anyone seen the Barton's first goal? If you haven't, no. please take your time to have a look at it. It gets crossed in for a free kick to the back stick. Liam Buchanan goes to hook it back across the goal, volleys it against his own face and lobs the keeper. <laughs> so I saw it this morning. <laughs> I think he, did he, was it him that tweeted it? Quite it's, possibly. It's, it's, I can see it. It's not no often you score with your face. Uh, Granny kicks it and hits his face and goes, I know. <laughs> I tipped them back to win and the, uh, the other centre-back to score to. So I was... I was McGee, I remember that one. <laughs> you won the far away, pal. Brilliant. League 2, we'll touch on League 2 quickly before we take some fan questions. Cowden beat 1, Annan Athletic 3, 4 for 1, Stranraer 1, Stenhouse Muir 1, Kelty 4, Stirling 2, Albion Rovers 1, and Edinburgh City beat Elgin 2-0 on Friday night. Wilson, give us your result in League Two. Uh, Jamie Hamilton, right? I'll go a wee draw away from home. I know he's been toiling a wee bit, so I think anything to get away from home's uh, a bonus. To, and that just saves me mentioning Chris Johnson again on the programme. So go with Jamie Hamilton this week and Stranraer's one each. Brilliant. Rory, what was yours? Um, I would say, oh, listen, you can't argue with a 4 0 win away from home. So, um, County, uh, I'll go with Kelty. Um, I, I think... got a perfect score for that as well, by the way. Did you? I said Kelty 4 1. Yeah. Oh, was it 4 1? Sorry. Go back and check the show. Go back. <laughs> I, 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 um, I, I was going to say Stranraer, to be fair, um, because I, I know their squad was depleted with a number of cases of yeah, different things. Three subs. I ended only three subs. I, and as, as Wilson says, I think it's one thing, you know, going. Uh, going up there with a depleted squad, being bought in the league with zero, uh, with one point, and then going one nil down to a team in form. Um, so, Kelty, um, Kelty was probably my result of the weekend, but an honourable mention from my hometown. Yeah, I think we had a, a wee special mention to Daryl Duffy as well, friend of the show, who scored and broke his hand in three places, I think. So, when, a... what he scored with his hand? No, I don't know if he scored. I think he. <laughs> I, mean, I checked his Instagram. I saw his Instagram. He had a broken hand, so he scored a goal and broke his hand. So, best wishes to Daryl. Charlie, what was your results in League Two? I think Kelty. Um, Kelty are probably doing a kind of Ember City Cove Rangers thing coming in, and then obviously setting the header on fire with regards to that. Gonna gonna wait to, to okay. Stenhouse Muir, they're, they're maybe struggling for a wee bit of form for there, but sometimes. Thumping it, but obviously, you uh, have all mentioned Stenra uh, down at the bottom, struggling. Every point's a prisoner with regards to their fourth for flying high um, for there. But I'll go for Kelty. Kelty. Aaron have some star, aren't you? Yeah, Aaron are sitting second, aye. Yeah. Some star. And a point behind them. But Aaron going to Cowdenbeath. Cowdenbeath are 
or seventh again. Sometimes you think. You must have the league table up, Charlie. You surely don't know all that off the top <laughs> of your head. That's why he keeps looking to his Send me the C fax up. <laughs> Fucking like with the C fax. <laughs> Preparation. Reeling off stats about four for subs. Preparation. <laughs> Brilliant. That's our results in the SPFL. Let's take some fan questions quickly. Rory, will Borna Barisic be a Rangers player on Wednesday? You asked me that about Edward as well. It's, it's, listen, his reaction would suggest that he's 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 got yeah. something lined up for his agents. Do you, something think, lined up. do you think that's transfer? Do you think that's transfer talk, or do you think that's because he's been off the off the boil when he's put in a performance today? What do I think he's? Going to be tipped for a move because he played well with No, I, do you think that was more like an appreciation to the fans kind of thing? Because I was, I, I've not no. heard anything to suggest he's leaving. Not a no, I don't, I don't, I don't think that that was. A, I don't think his reaction at the end. But I think we'll pass over to to our colleague Mark Wilson, who's got some inside information for us. Yes, how was that? Oh, and that that inside information has been kept fully as a secret. Um, as Scott didn't think my source had any cr- uh, credence. So uh, within that uh, rumour, so I'll keep that to myself. However, what I did hear was that um, he was getting kicked out of Ibrox for a disciplinary issue because today he was wearing green football boots. (laughs) (laughs) So he was told to take them off at half-time by Stephen Gerrard via FaceTime and he refused. So he said, you'll never kick another ball for this club. So he kept the green boots on and that's on my way up the road. (laughs) <laughs> that's another one. That's another one that's probably best suited to Rory as well. What is your thoughts on Lee Griffiths potentially moving to Dundee? Do you think that will happen? Um, that's an interesting one. <laughs> I know. I know that he is very close with Jazza. I know yeah. that they were together at Livingston. Um, I, listen, I don't know what the relationship's like. If he's like a father figure, that type of idea, but. You know, Lee James... Griffiths has got enough father things to worry about. <laughs> 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 I think I think that Lee Griffiths needs to get away from Celtic. Maybe needs to get out of the Goldfish Bowl, which is Glasgow and the old firm. And you know, for for, for his sake, you know, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes with people, and you know what's going through their own heads. And listen, I don't know if the guys had any troubles or whatever else, but you know, ho- hopefully he's okay. And getting him up to Dundee might it might be a good thing for him getting him, getting him back up there and. You know, working under somebody that he's got a close relationship, maybe understands him pretty well and can get the best out of him. But first and foremost, like I said, I think if you can get Lee Griffiths, the human being, in a good space, then you're, you're guaranteed goals on the pitch. And to a club like Dundee, that's absolutely priceless. Yeah, definitely. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine? Can you imagine the conversation that Gordon Strachan, as as the consultant at Celtic, speaking to Gordon Strachan, as the director of football at Dundee? Well, what do you think of this boy? Ah, well, we'll, we'll bring him up and see how he gets away. <laughs> Brilliant. Quickly, just before we we finish up, Wilson, we'll give this to you. Thoughts on Scotland's upcoming qualifiers? Obviously, Denmark away, home in Moldova, away to Austria. I think it's away to Austria. Yep. Three big games. How many points will they take from those three games? Um, I would be hopeful of six, but I think it will possibly be four. I think the toughest games are in Denmark, um, to be honest. So I think if you get anything from that, comfortable win at home in Moldova. I'll be there next Saturday with the kids watch that one. Um, and Austria, I think it's always one of these ones. That could, like if Scotland go there and win 2-1, 
or lose to one, you know, you wouldn't be surprised at either. But as I say, Austria battered us at Hamden the last time. Ah, that's, that's sorry, that's because Bobby Madden was the ref and he's an Austrian. <laughs> um, I would, I, I, I would think four, four points, hopefully, hopefully six, but I think four points would be a decent start. Midfield two of Turnbull and Christie, Mark? Then no points out of nine in Moldova beat us 14 nothing. I'd rather play Kenny McLean. I don't think Turnbull's in the squad, is he? I don't think he is, is he? Uh, surely. I, think, I, don't think, I don't think he is. Well, maybe, well, Steve Clark certainly knows more than us for that's for sure. You've Gilmer will play, surely. Well, you've got... You've well, got to, to be fair, I was, I was going to bring this up. Did, did you watch the highlights yesterday? The what? Norwich Leicester? Yeah, I did, yeah. Bullied, didn't he? Gilmer got bullied. He was just wasn't he? He couldn't compete physically in that middle of the park. Great, great on the ball, but... They, they put someone right on him. I forget who it was. I think it was Indeedy. Was it Indeedy? Indeedy. Yeah. I know he's a class player, but he was thumping into him and all that. And Gilmore just couldn't get into his stride. That's, that's probably one aspect of his game. Well, in, in international football, he'll get plenty of time on the ball to be fair, the kid. And hopefully, he turns in the same performance he's like he did at Wembley. But he has to probably be the first name of the team sheet, surely. I think so, yeah. Um, for, for, especially for the first game, I would imagine. I think Charlie's got teletext up and going to give us a squad. Yeah, so ruled out uh, Stuart Armstrong, Scott McTominay, oh. uh, Patterson, O'Donnell, Fidea, uh, Greg Taylor, James Forrest, and John McGinn. That's McGinn your McGinn's four, a massive mess as well. Your four best players are missing there, in my opinion. McGilmore, McTominay, McGinn and Armstrong. It's your four best players. Is Tumbo in the squad, Charlie? He has to be now, surely, with those four must minutes. must be, yeah, I think he... Yeah. Tierney, I think Joe Aribo might be in that squad. Who? Joe Aribo. I'm in a get him in the squad. Is uh, Did Tierney not go off injured at the weekend as well? No, he just embarrassed. Played no, he went off him embarrassed, aye. <laughs> but, yeah. Sorry, Pike, I've had a question tweeted in to me. I've actually oh, just about to, I was actually just about to go to that. Is it the same one that I've got from I, he's, he's, clar- he's, he's clarified it though what it actually means. I didn't really get it when he played. Why am I why am I the other solely or something? No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hartle only keeps questions for Mega. Don't worry about that. <laughs> and I don't worry, Darrell will see you in Friday night Park hospitality <laughs> box at Darrell. That's another story. So Greg Greg Mitchell, Charlie, you must have sent him off a couple of times, Greg Mitchell in the juniors, no? Greg Mitchell. I played with me bowl and the buffs and that. No, he must have sent him off. Striker. No. No. When did he? No. When, when did he play? Oh, some folk would say he never played. Um, <laughs> don't know. I'm saying what age Greg will be now. I finished in the juniors in 99, oh, 2000. No, 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 oh no, he's a, he'll be a new kid on the block. Who's <laughs> only about 25 now or something? Anyway, so now. I think I think by by the question you'll be able to guess what team Greg supports. I don't think he makes any secret of that on social media. But Poster Cloglu's inherited a squad at a value of forty million. He's since spent twenty million. And what's the expectation? And is he getting a free ride so far? Now he's not. We had a wee discussion about it just to clarify, and his comment was Warburton the second. So do you think Angie's possibly getting a free ride with the squad that he's got and how much money he's spent? Here's my argument about that, right, and I want to put this to everybody. Is Postacoglu going to get less pressure if things go wrong because of the mess, messy appointment? 
because of how well, much of a mess as I've said multiple I mean, I'll let the other two guys answer but as I've said multiple times on this programme and on this channel I don't think Postecoglou will get the same amount of time that Steven Gerrard got to get it right no, and I, I think, think I think Gerard Steven Gerrard has spent pots of money as well. Let's not forget. But Gerard's a unique situation because of his, Gerard's a unique situation because of his name, though. I think. I think Gerard. No, I, 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 I don't. I don't think that should matter. I think you, you you now look and think that well, the job probably Steven Gerrard set out to do, he has an effect completed. I'm yeah. quite sure he would have loved a treble because of how bad Celtic were last year. But Steven Gerrard's objective after seven in a row or six or whatever it was at the time was to stop 10. Anything other than that was a bonus and he's, yeah. he did well in European competition. So as far as I'm concerned, it's kind of job done for Steven Gerrard. I mean, I'm quite sure he'll be looking to the treble this year again. Um, but as I say, in terms of a free ride, I don't know if I agree with that because it is very new, but I don't think Costa Coglu will get the same amount of time. I think he'll get the same amount of time as Warburton, but not the same amount of time as Gerrard. I think he probably sails in the same boat as Ronnie Dyla. Me too. I, I, I don't think... He obviously wasn't the first choice, the same as Ronnie Dyla. Ronnie Dyla was was meant to be second choice to Roy Keane, and Roy Keane knocked it back. So Dyla was already in place, and hence the reason why they brought John Collins in. Now, Ronnie Dyla was reasonably successful when he didn't get a long time from there. Postecoglou... We don't know who's recommended them. We don't know where the setup of the name has came I from. Heard there. I heard from sources in Australia it was done through an agent. Right. So therefore, with that setup, you're probably saying he really has got one year to prove himself, and that might buy him a second year. You know what it's like. It's always manager syndrome is always the second season. You can have a great first start and it's the second season that defines you from that side. The man, the modern day manager doesn't get, apart from Steven Gerrard because he's naming that, the modern manager doesn't get three and four seasons where I think they should. If you're, ta- if you're going to take a, a plant with a manager, you've got to give them time to try and implement and do it because there's no many people can turn it around in one season. So a free ride is maybe a wee bit of hard work, but it will not get a long period of time as what Gerard got with his name. Rory, what's your thoughts? Well, one thing I've never understood is the whole, he wasn't the first choice, how does he feel about that? Well, I, I don't understand that. How do you ever get an opportunity in life? Do you think Robbie McCrory turned around the day and went, no, I could see if McGregor was fit, he would get picked, so I'm not playing today, because I wouldn't be fit. Doesn't make any sense. Like that—that's how anyone gets an opportunity. You're not going to be necessarily be first, and then you've got to you do well to earn that. So I don't really get the whole idea that oh, he's no, you know, he's no first choice. So how does he feel about that? I, I don't get that way of thinking, to be honest, because that's how that's how the world works. You know, you're not always going to be first choice, but when you do get picked, you go and need to go in and make sure that you know he's the next guy to go and get a move to Leicester, like Brendan Rodgers did. Because Brendan Rodgers got a move to Leicester based on what he did at Celtic. I know he's got a history before that, but at the end of the day, he's now been given a platform. He's not going to feel bad about it because he was second no, choice. No. Um, so in terms of how long he's going to get, I don't know. Um, he might be the master of his own downfall in terms of how, how they're playing 
you know, you know, there's always there's there was almost an expectation today, you know, for for from Celtic fans that they, they might get a result, a draw yeah. or whatever else, which they didn't see coming. And that's down to Postacoglu, what he's done, the players he's brought in and, and, and how they've been playing. So, you know, if in three or four weeks they're not hitting the heights that they were, is he going to become under pressure because you know he's not getting the best of his team or whatever else? But again, the Gerard thing, it's not how would you feel how would you feel, Rory, if your manager, whether you're a player or a supporter, come out saying, I got it wrong, I got it wrong, I got it wrong? I will, we've touched on this, and like I said kind of earlier on... Your managers have said that about Rory, Charlie. <laughs> Aye, they have. Um, but when when Gerard gives an interview and he says he got to, gets it wrong, he doesn't specify with his poster cognitive yeah. in and... And, and I've already said on the show tonight that I, I don't know how that'll sit with Edward. I think it's just, I think it was a bit of a strange thing to say publicly. I think you can come out and say, I didn't quite get it right today, it didn't work. Yeah, yeah. But to be so specific, for me, that's, that's a conversation you have with your staff. In the, that's in, what I'm getting yeah. But um, in terms of how long he gets, Stephen Gerrard's, it's not, in my opinion, it's no his name that got him the time. It was Rangers hitting a point where they went, right, our next appointment, we stick with him regardless. Yeah, I think, we, I think that as well. So I don't think it's he got time because what you think they're scared to sack him because he's Stephen Gerrard. No, but I think, a buzz around, I think there was a buzz around the place because of the the appointment of one of the best players in England at the time. I, I, I think there would have been a decision made that barring a disaster and finishing fourth in the league, we stick with the next manager we appoint and that has paid dividends for Rangers. And I think that Postacoglu will get the same amount of time that any other Rangers or Celtic manager would normally get. And Steven Gerrard was an exception because of the, of the 10 in a row circumstances, not who he was. If Steven Gerrard had come in at a period of time where Rangers had won the last two titles and Celtic had won the last two and performances had been where they'd been for the first two years, Gerrard wouldn't have seen his, his, his season where he won the league. That's my opinion. So it wasn't to do with his name. It was to do with the set of circumstances when he was appointed, he was appointed, and in my opinion, it was right. We go the whole hog. He brings in his backroom staff. He comes in, and we commit to this. We commit to it, and and you know, we either at this point get the ten or we don't get the ten. Uh, sorry, we stop the ten, or it, or or it happens. Um, I don't think it's to do with the fact he's Stephen Gerrard. I don't think business business people operate like that. Ah, you're, you've probably got a case there. It's Wilson. What's your thoughts on that? Mm, I'm kind of torn between the two, to be honest. Um, I, I, I just when Gerald was appointed, did, did you do you think was it just stop ten in a row? That that was his objective. Do you think that was the the, the number one objective, and, and that was that? Probably now, yeah. because let's be honest, these first few seasons were very underwhelming. Um, they weren't they weren't even close. Um, the, the first thing, the first one definitely. Second one, I think after Christmas they just felt. Uh, see, yeah. see, see the see the ten in a, see ten in a row wasn't a thing, Wilson. I think he would have been, I think he would have been sat during that period. Hmm. I mean, I, as I say, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he won ten in a row now, judging by that performance again the day in the old firm. But um, I, I, I would I would hate to think, you know, that Stephen Gerrard. I'm not saying get an easy ride because you don't get an easy ride if you're the Celtic Rangers manager. No. An easy air ride, shall we say? Then Warburton, Kashina, etc., because of who he was. Because let's be honest, Stephen Gerrard had what coached Liverpool under 18s before 
He gets one of the biggest clubs in the world's job, and he, and he keeps that job because of who he is. Do you There'll think big name footballers that have absolutely flopped as managers? But we so Warburton, this... Warburton and Coutinho are coming in with a better track record. That, that, that's what I'm saying. So I'm I'm surprised. I mean, well, I'm not, I'm not surprised, but that you feel Gerard can have kept the job because of who he is rather than what he's done. I think that I mean to go back to if, to, to... if someone said to you, do you want Brendan Rodgers as your manager? Or Frank Lampard. Now, Frank Lampard's career was better than Brendan Rodgers, but Brendan Rodgers is miles ahead of him as a manager. I think I think the fans, I think he maybe got a slightly easier ride than most from, from sections of the fans because of who he was and wanted they wanted it to work so much. But yeah, in terms, that's, of, that's what in terms of the board and things like that, I don't... But what I would say about the difference for me between a Kachinha and a Postacoglu is, you know, Kachinha's methods, his style, of, the, the things he was... It never really worked. It was it was a bit of an embarrassment. Whereas, see, with Postacoglu, you can see signs. signs. I know Wilson doesn't agree with me, but oh, this is what it's all about. It's opinions. But no, you can I'm see. Not gonna, I don't agree with you. I, I struggled to see when the, when people are mentioning. I know we say it's a kind of thing now that Ange ball, but from the positive vibes that everyone was talking about, Ange ball against indecent Mullen Hearts, and to look at that today, and I'm going. Apart from playing at a faster tempo, you know. That was a Neil Lennon old firm performance. Well, I mean, Neil Lennon, you can't pass the ball five yards, Neil, and, and Neil, players Neil, are no Neil, trying. Neil Lennon's side was beat off Ferenc Faros and trying to qualify for the Champions League. Granted, eh, Postacoglu was knocked out as well in his first couple of games with a squad which he didn't have that he has got now. And they've went and they've scored what was it four goals against uh, three goals against a you know a very good Dutch outfit. So you know I think it's more than just the league games that they've now you know progressed to the Europa League stages in a very tricky tie. So I, I think Poster Cobble will get more time because there are signs there, and I think he holds himself well. And in and mm-hmm. and I think that I think I think likability um, goes a long way in in, in football um, in the way you go about your in your business, how you present yourself. And I think on the pitch, the players are buying into him, and he's got that respect. And you can see what he's trying to do was with his yeah. it, it was just. It was just debacle after debacle of things, just ridiculous things that weren't even relevant to football. It was just, it just became a wee bit stupid. So, um, was Cassinia worse than Paul Le Guin, Rory? Aye, mm. aye. I, I didn't work under Cassinia. I was there. When no, I know, I know there. that. I know that. I'm just aye, saying from a neutral's point of view. But Paul Le Guin, I mean, Paul Le Guin, going back to you know the, the, the idea of I was talking about Nielsen earlier, you know, kind of making use of the afternoons again. Paul, Paul Le Guin was. <sighs> He tried to he implement was, certain ways cultures. from the continent. He had, yeah, he, he he had tried to implement the cultures. So he he, he, like, he banned the looting juice. He banned like wee gums in the massage room. Wee bits that, listen, a lot of the, 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 the Scottish boys enjoyed. It's little, I don't mm-hmm. know, it seemed it's like the, such small, small things. Is the Monster Munch story true? I've never heard the Monster Munch one, but obviously the Dilutin Juice one or whatever. But what he used to do is we used to train first thing in the morning and he used to get the boys um, back in later afternoon. So there was like a five or six hour period and boys just stopped, started, you know, what they would do first of all is they would go home, then they'd come back and then they're sitting in the house for an hour to come back again. So what they started doing was just kind of sleeping around Murray Park and things. And it just, it didn't really work. Whereas on the continent, it obviously had worked. Yeah, and I just don't, think, I just don't think Le Guin fitted the Scott. I think he knew what he was doing and he was good at it, but I just don't think he's the buy from the players. I don't I, think, yeah, yeah, because there's a famous, there's a famous story of him wanting to quit in September as well. But that's a, that's a rewrite. That's a story for another day. That's, that's Paul Le Guin. Paul Le Guin was. I, I personally thought, you know, it was for my. I wasn't involved all the time, obviously, but 
you know, training with him or whatever. So I thought he was good, to be fair. Like, um, but I, I just, I just don't think he was suited to the Scottish game and, and how it is. And I, I'm just, I'm not sure. Yeah, definitely. But we are going to wrap up the show there. We have had another fantastic episode of the Scottish Football Show. We are going to be back on Thursday with a special extra episode. We're going to talk to Brian McGarry and Craig Pettigrew from Glamafton. Thanks very much to everyone that's tuned in. Wilson, Charlie, Rory, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Scott. Brilliant. Thanks very much to everyone that's tuned in and subscribe to our channels and follow us on social media. Thanks very much, everyone. Cheers.